your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to Tuesday. Is it only Tuesday? It is only Tuesday of Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. I don't know why I do that. Probably because I say it every day, a hundred times a day. Um, I just say it at home on my own sometimes. 608 785-7914. If you want to get in here, you want to talk, you want to text, you can text me. No middle-of-the-day text I see here. A couple of late texts that Hayes didn't get to from this morning. Uh, second debate tonight for our 10 candidates running for mayor. If you want to read about those candidates, wisdomnews.com. Look for the mayor tab. It's real. It's literally, it's not the mayor tab, but it's called the lacrosse mayoral candidates tab. But uh, you can just, mayor is easier to say. And you can watch that thing. There's another way to watch. I, sh- I should have said this yesterday and all the other days. If you want to watch it on your TV at home, if you've got a Roku or an Apple TV, just download the Around, the Rivers, Around River City channel channel app, however you want to call that. I call them a channel. But yeah, Around River City, uh, and the debates will pop right up there. I, I believe you can watch yesterday's debate anytime. You can watch both debates after this one airs. You can watch it whenever you want. So you don't have to watch it at 6 o'clock, but you can. And um, you can go back and do some homework. You can take notes. Then you can get back at these uh, candidates. If you go to the mayor tab again at wisdomnews.com, we have all their websites up there. So if you want to you want to get at them, Catherine Blanchard, she was in the debate yesterday. She's going to be on the show here in a couple of minutes talking about why she's running for mayor. And if you got questions for her, just shoot me a text, 608-785-7914. And if you had questions for her later, you know, go to wisdomnews.com, click that mayor tab, click Catherine Blanchard's. Uh, a link to her page. It sends you to her Facebook page and you can send her a message that way. So if you had questions for her down the road, maybe on what she said in the debate yesterday or what she says today or how you want, you want her to represent you as mayor. And I, you know, you could do that to all the candidates. I hear a lot of, a lot of uh, feedback from people. And we heard, we talked about this with Dr. Anthony Chagoski from UWL on Friday, just the idea that, um, you know, how, how do we, how do these 10 candidates connect with the city of lacrosse residents and what's the best way to do that? And it's, it's tricky right now, right? There's a pandemic. So some people wouldn't want you to come to their house, knock on your door. Right. And other people probably just like would still appreciate that. I think there's a, there's an, it, it is cold out. So there isn't, it isn't the easiest way to, uh, hey, we're going to social distance and have a chit-chat, but uh, I'm going to stand on your porch six feet away, and you're going to stand stand in your entryway with the door open, letting all the heat out. So I don't know how that works. Um, go in the garage, stand in the driveway. I mean, it's not that cold out, right? Like, just do it when the sun's up. But then uh, when the sun goes down, it gets colder. And it's going to get really cold here pretty soon, isn't it? Um, I, I haven't actually looked at the weather. I just, I just see... Uh, people talking about it. It's going to be cold. I don't even know what day it's going to be cold. The National Weather Service, here we go. I got them on Facebook. Just they, I get a notification. Um, 
So it's probably worth mentioning. Snow returns Thursday and could begin a wintry mix. The snow will persist in Thursday night and several inches accumulation possible, likely highest north of Interstate 94. So we're way over there. So is there there a better post? No. And the groundhog apparently saw its shadow. So we have more winter. Big surprise. Big surprise. Thanks a lot, groundhog. Um, All right. So... Should we get out get out of here a little bit earlier so I can get Catherine in here? We can we can really grill her on what uh, what she wants to do with the city of Lacrosse. But I will say I was I sat outside uh, the casino bar in the back behind like the in the essentially in the rent a car parking lot there and uh, watched the fire department work for about two probably a little over two hours. I sat out there and watched them. I missed all the quote unquote good stuff or terrible stuff, but um, it was kind of interesting just just kind of watching uh, how everything works and then and then talking to uh, Fire Chief Gilliam a little bit and um, the what do we call him? Battalion Commander Bijong a little bit after that. I <laughs> honestly, I was like, can I talk to you guys? But also like giant fire in downtown Lacrosse that could have destroyed a city block. Uh, I'm good. You like you guys do your thing. But if you go to wisdomnews.com, I took a couple of pictures. Uh, there is a video of of the uh, the guy the guy or girl on the boom on Pearl Street, and then just blasting the the roof of that casino bar building uh, with water. And you just you, you think when there's a fire, you're like, yeah, the fire is going to destroy everything, right? And then you like, oh yeah, and everything will smell like smoke. But you never, I guess it never came to the realization like, oh, and on top of that, the water is going to also destroy everything when it's all said and done and never think about the water situation. Um, but yeah, I was just watching the water just pour onto that building last night. I was like, oh yeah, if, if uh, you had anything in there before that, it's probably ruined now. Joe calling in. Joe, real quick, what you got? Real quick. I just want to say, you know, we're all uh, virus experts. We're all insurrectionists experts and you know we've all constitutionalists become, uh, yeah constitutionalists i mean we've become so you know enlightened in the last few years we yeah, we all run around and talk about how this mole told us how the weather's gonna be that's all thanks okay uh also i'm a fire expert now so if you guys want to know anything about the fire department i am now a fire expert all right i gotta i want to get Catherine on here so we can have as much time with her as possible so let's go. Let's get Brad doing the news here in a minute, and we'll be back after this. I'm with him. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. If you got questions, I have Catherine Blanchard. She's one of ten candidates running for the next mayor of Lacrosse. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. Catherine, I almost sent your number out because then that, that would have been inappropriate. As I'm looking at your phone number here. Um. All right, so. You know, you're running for lacrosse. Can you just, it, it's, it seems like, uh, is it, is this something that you've been itching to do or did you see like Mayor Cabot wasn't going to run? So you're like, Hey, there's an open seat. Uh, and, and then why, why, why did you decide to run? Well, actually I wasn't going to run. And then I saw, just like you said, that Mayor Cabot wasn't running for reelection. And so I jokingly said to my husband, I said, maybe I should run for mayor. And he said, I think you should. And so that kind of snowballed it. And I put it on my Facebook feed saying, I think I might run for mayor. And I had a lot of positive feedback saying that they thought I would do a great job and I could do good things. I'm an honest person. Why not? And um, it's been a really good uh, civics lesson for my seventh grade son, uh, learning how democracy works and how you have to put effort in to get things. 
Yeah, if nothing else that comes from it, your your son a little bit will learn a little bit about the process, and maybe everyone else will. I, I know I'm learning as I go too. Uh, and and uh, I think we all could use a little bit of a civics lesson. I think. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think it's a it's a bad lesson to teach anybody. And it's amazing though all the steps you have to go through to even just get on the ballot. I was surprised um, how many signatures were needed, and I was surprised knocking on doors how many people don't vote in primaries or even local elections. Yeah, I had Nikki Elson, the city clerk right now in La Crosse, on yesterday. She said 19% is about this February primary, so that seems ridiculously low. And I was like, well, that's an, that's kind of – you can't really look at that because, you know, those those election years where we have 10 candidates running for mayor, the 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 uh, the turnout's got to be more. In, in 2013, we had 11 candidates. Uh, that was when there was an open seat for mayor, and uh, Nikki told us yesterday, 17%. So actually less people turned out for that that election primary. Um, so yeah, I think it's really important. I, uh, do you do you feel like knocking on doors is the best avenue here? It's a weird it's a weird thing to do during a pandemic, but also. Uh, you know, any other time of the year we've we've discovered or just from talking to political science professors, that's the best way to get to people is knocking on doors and, and look talking to them face to face, even if you have a mask on. I really think it is one of the best ways because um, this way people can see that you're serious. You know, it's, it's one thing to put a, on my Facebook, hey, come sign my petition to get me on the ballot and hit people up as they come to you. But going out, I knocked on neighborhoods that I've that I didn't live in. I knocked on neighborhoods that I grew up in. I knocked down, I grew up on low-income housing, and when I went around the neighborhood there, uh, knocking on the doors, one of the women who answered the door said I, she, I couldn't relate to her because I wasn't a poor person and I didn't know what it's like to grow up on assisted living. And so I kind of set her straight, said, I absolutely know what it's like. I grew up in this neighborhood four houses away uh, for 14 years of my life. I knew what it's like to be the free lunch kit at school. I know what it's like to be a single parent household. I was raised uh, by my mom. I had three older siblings. And so as soon as I explained that to her, she said, oh, well, then I'll absolutely sign your papers. <laughs> you know, it, and I think people don't see that on a piece of paper. You know, you put out a nice piece, uh, piece of paper that says what you want to do and who you are with a nice picture. People look at that and go, oh, this person, you know, I can't relate. Right, but def- knocking on the doors, they can. Yeah, you almost need a little bio. Here's my story, but you don't want to tell it yourself. You need people like us to tell it, I guess, because then you don't feel like you're just you're pumping yourself up. Hey, look at me. Um, when when you are talking to people, whether it is knocking on doors or or communicating via you know the internet, social media, uh, what are some of the issues that people are bringing up that that you 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 are starting to see that are pretty important? Uh, well, I've had a lot of people ask me about a homeless situation in Lacrosse. What I want to do to help change that and improve the lives for the homeless. I also had a lot of people ask me what I want to do for, like, with Black Lives Matter or for people of color. And that's a harder question because I'm Caucasian, so I don't have the same challenges that a person of color has. I do have the same struggles of, you know, am I doing the right things for my kids? Am I, are my bills all paid? We all have those struggles. But they'll face a challenge that I won't know as a Caucasian. And that's unfortunate. And I would like to make that one of those changes is that they have better representation. They have an avenue where they can reach out to City Hall if there's a problem. You know, a few years ago, they had an issue with uh, landlords not renting to people of color and discrimination, but it was hard for them to prove that that was happening. And 
it's sad that that still happens, but it still happens, and I think that's one of the things I'd like to see not happen. Yeah, we we sent out a questionnaire, and and uh, you know the last question on that with in, in the everyone's bio was just the three priorities, and you know helping the homeless was one of them. Uh, your your second one was just helping small business, and you're a small business owner yourself, so going through a pandemic, you have basically first uh, hand experience at this. How how have you dealt with the pandemic? How has the city helped you? You know, and then how's the city has the city done anything to help you figure out how the state can help you, so to speak? Um, the city hasn't really helped me much. However, my city council member, Scott Neumeister, was amazing. I had put a sign on the boulevard in front of my salon stating that the salon is open with the phone number to call for an appointment. Um, and he, I got stopped and told by somebody from the city, I have to take it down, can't have it on the uh, boulevard, and there's nowhere on the sidewalk for me to put this sign. And... I was frustrated, so I vented on Facebook, which is what I think Facebook is really meant to be used for. And uh, Scott reached out to me and said, hey, let me make some calls. Who did you talk to? And I didn't get a name who told me I couldn't have it. I just told them they were in a, a city inspection van or truck, and he said, no problem. He called me back and he said, the city said you can put your sign out on the sidewalk. and let you know. And he explained that in this pandemic, we need to let people know that we're open so people can come in. Because every haircut is, that's food on the table for my family. That's paying the rent at the salon. That's paying my car payment. You know, and if people don't know you're open, it's hard for them to think, oh, I'm not just going to pull on the door because so many places are requiring appointments to get in and be serviced. Even now, you a lot of places still require a call-ahead appointment. Um, we're speaking with Kathleen Blanchard. She's one of 10 candidates running for mayor. So... Small businesses, you yeah, that was one of your priorities. You wanna you wanna help them. We I don't even know. It's hard to even gauge how long uh, small businesses are gonna struggle through the pandemic. Maybe by fall we're we're kind of getting back started. But uh, you know, your you would take over as mayor in in April. So you know, you start the start the job. Then what would you do to to help small businesses? Well, I think one of the things I'd like to see is um, find out what kind of city grants that could be available that wouldn't put a, a, a burden on taxpayers. I know there's a lot of state funding and a lot of state grants. Maybe there's grants that the city can apply for that they can um, issue out to small businesses. And, you know, some small businesses have multiple employees. Some are like me, a sole proprietor. I'm by myself. I don't have employees. I wasn't eligible for the PPP loan because I don't have employees. I wasn't eligible for Main Street uh Downtown Main Street had a grant program not eligible because I don't have employees. It would be nice to find some type of a grant system that would work for people like me who, or people who work at a salon where they rent a chair or the mechanic that is just him in the garage kind of thing. All right. Um, uh, the, the other thing that you mentioned, your, your top three priorities, was keeping property taxes from rising, which I think the city has, has done a pretty decent job. I think this... this uh, time period right now it might have had to, to have gone up a little bit but uh you know do you have any anything in the works there that maybe either trying to lower property taxes or keep them from rising well i think one of the things keeping them from rising i understand that we pay for all of the city goods with the police department and the fire stations and fire departments with property taxes that's a no-brainer and the water wastewater uh but i think we punish homeowners and even we punish good landlords 
who improve their properties, right? They're replacing windows or, you know, repainting, and they get assessed a property value that goes up, and now their property taxes have gone up. So they're being punished for just trying to make their homes more energy efficient. I would like to see a way that we don't punish people for doing that uh, and not raise their taxes. This last year, a lot of people were complaining because they had assessments done and nobody had actually come through their house to assess the the value. They just went by how houses in the neighborhood had sold. And that's not a real fair assessment either because if you have someone who hasn't done any improvements but now their property taxes raised up, that's a really unfair system. The same as if you have someone, when we bought our house, it was a 100-year-old house, we replaced all the windows. And our utility bill went from 385 a month to 135 a month. It was a no-brainer. They were single-pane glass, no storm windows. We need to upgrade. Well, we got assessed of property value increased, and our taxes went up because of it. And if that's happening to me, it's happening to other people, too, and it's really unfair to be punished to be more energy efficient and to save my own money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, You were part of the debate that we aired yesterday. Uh, we, we did it a little different. We split the 10 candidates into groups of five. I did that. We did that randomly. Uh, me and Brad Williams uh, drew names out of a hat pretty much essentially is what we did. Uh, how did you like that debate format? We, we essentially put you in groups of two. Everyone got a minute answer, and then we'll have another debate like that tonight. But how did you like it? I actually liked it. I think it gave uh, each of us candidates a better option for giving our answer, even though they were still limited to a minute. We, you just you didn't get lost in the shuffle with 10 people all trying to answer the same question. I had some technical issues, so my laptop died halfway through, but I got back on as quick as I could. Um, and and when you when you look at the other 10 candidates, how do you how do you manage to how do you stick out? The, 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 you got to figure out a way to stick out because we're we're cutting from 10 to two here in two weeks exactly. Well, I I like to think that my sincerity will help me stand out. Uh, as you can tell talking to me, I'm a talker, but I'm not a polished public speaker. And I just think that, you know, I'm hoping that my common sense rules through. I, that's, I'm just trying to reach people. I'm like them. I, you know, I work hard. I want to represent the city. That's about it. I, I would like to say it's my sparkling personality, but you don't always get that when you watch the debates. Do you want to throw anyone under the bus with their answers from last night just to get them, really get them, uh, you know, no, I'm I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, that's just not how I am in real life. I don't I don't want to. Even though I'm a hairdresser, I'm not a gossipy person. I don't want to badmouth anybody because I would hope people wouldn't badmouth me. But I some of the answers that they had were great. I'm like, oh, I wish I'd thought of that. And some of the answers I heard was like, wow, I'm glad I didn't think of that way that take on that question. You yeah. know, we everybody who is running is going to bring something positive to the office, um, and. You know, everybody who's running is probably going to bring something that somebody can fault with. I don't want to throw anybody under the bus because I'm sure they could point out a lot of things that I said or, or did that would be a little bit like, eh, I wouldn't have used those exact words. Now, you're, you would be a rookie go, uh, mayor here. You, you probably haven't had a I, – I, I could be wrong, but you probably haven't had a lot of experience with city government. Uh, am I wrong there, or is that true? Oh, no, that's true. The only experience I've had with city government – is um, that when I opened up my salon, just going down and having to uh, get permits and redo stuff and uh, that kind of interaction. I've not been on any city government. The only 
the political experience I have is I was the student council representative for my sixth grade homeroom. That was many moons ago. Did you uh, campaign for longer recesses and better school lunch and less homework? Uh, All of the above. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I wanted longer vacations and no tests. I really didn't want to take any tests. Yeah, and I always see the, uh, you know, running for mayor, the the three things that I see is fix the roads, uh, less taxes. That's kind of my longer recesses and better school lunches when when people are running for mayor. Yeah, of course we want all the roads fixed and all the, the property taxes uh, down to zero, but but that that's easier said than done, and, and there's probably uh, other issues at hand, too. Yeah, I you know, I would... I'd like to see those things. Everybody who owns a car or rides the bus would like to see the roads improved. Unfortunately, our biggest eyesore road is Lacrosse Street, and most of that is not that's a state road. It's not a city road, so we're not even able to fix it ourselves. We have to be on the state's um, timeline for getting that fixed. Now, being being kind of a, a rookie to, to government, if you were mayor, would you would you uh, think about having the uh, a city administrator position in in the mayor's office just to to kind of help run things i mean that's been proposed uh in the past not in the recent past but it's been proposed before i guess um i i remember when it was proposed last time and i know that people didn't like that idea i i guess it would depend on what all the city administrator would do and what all the mayor's job would still be you know if that makes the mayor's job uh, a lot easier or less hours I mean, is it two full-time positions, or would they both be part-time positions? Mm-hmm. Because, you, you know, you don't want to bring in one full income hire, and you've got me sitting in the mayor's office doing nothing but signing uh, pictures for people and cutting ribbons, you know. But a city administrator might be the person that would know exactly. They could go to the really long meetings and, you know, find out the answers to work in partnership. I don't have a really good answer, I guess. I I. I thought the city administrator and the mayor kind of did the same thing. Well, it would be uh, you would get to, to ride in the float on the parade and, and do the wave well, and thing. That's what <laughs> well, I, I'm good at that. I have a perfect pageant wave, and you know I can welcome everybody to Oktoberfest because that's a great festival. Yeah. Um, and, and last question, Catherine. Catherine Blanchard, uh, we're speaking with. She's running for mayor. If you haven't figured that out yet, uh, have you got any any just weird uh, topics that you know what that is something I've really never thought of? But the mayor, as mayor, I probably want want to address that. I know I'm throwing this to you out of the blue, but uh, maybe you have one. I, I do. My younger son, Remy, asked me when I'm the mayor if I could make it so he wouldn't have to go to school and if I could have a Lego room in City Hall. <laughs> I told him I don't have the power of the school because he needs an education, and I'm pretty sure there's no Lego rooms at City Hall. Yeah, I think you could just make your office a Lego. You could have a Lego corner. You know, you have one of the coolest views because the, the hatched baby is right below you. Oh, then maybe I would put the Lego room in front of that window so I don't have to see the hatch baby. I, I know you're not supposed to talk bad about when somebody gives you a gift that you don't really want, but that thing is terrifying to me. You have to walk by it every day when you go uh, into your office. <laughs> I was I was surprised nobody put a mask on the uh, blue baby in the eggshell. Oh, the lacrosse. Uh, COVID. The lacrosse police department put that on Facebook, I believe. I think I'm pretty sure I remember seeing that. But um, Catherine, thanks a lot. So, thanks so much for joining me, and uh, uh, good luck. Thank you so much, and I really appreciate you giving me the uh, time to talk and let people know how I feel about things. Yeah, no problem. All right, we'll see ya. Okay, bye. All right, that was Catherine Blanchard. She's one, like I said, one of ten candidates running for mayor. She was part of the debate last night that you can watch on wisdomnews.com. Uh, just click that mayor tab. Uh, it'll be under videos as well. 
Uh, there are plenty of stories on it as well if you want to find it on the website. Or Roku, Apple TV, it's on there. Round River City app or Round River City channel. All right, we got to get Brad in the news. Uh, we'll be back after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. I will say I'm going to have the city council president, Martin Gall, on next week Wednesday, so a week and one day from today, to talk about his reasonings for running for mayor. 608-785-7914. Uh, we, have, we have one more debate tonight. And then we'll plod through two weeks to see uh, see what else we can muster up on these candidates. Um, and I know that the show is, is a little bit mayor heavy right now. I, I was talking to one of my neighbor's friends today about that. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's tough because uh, this is really important. And especially when Nikki Elson comes on yesterday and says the, the last time we had an open seat and 11 people were running for mayor, 2013, the year Mayor Cabot first won, right? Uh, Eleven other, or ten other people running it that year, uh, we had seventeen percent voter turnout. So seventeen percent of the city decided who the two finalists were going to be to run for mayor. Uh, that seems crazy. And hopefully, what happened in November with the presidential election being eighty-six percent voter turnout, hopefully some of that translates. And as I just pound pounded in, like, hey, February sixteenth is the is the primary we need to vote and 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 with 10 candidates and them all getting the message out right they're trying to knock on doors and and talk to people and maybe that maybe everything surrounding that helps get that voter turnout to you know man it would i don't even know what the goal would be i guess i should have asked nikki you know what would be what would be a good goal to hit? Because if 19% is kind of the typical turnout, she said in February primaries in her, her research, I don't know how many years she went back. Maybe she went back a decade, maybe, maybe longer. Um, but 19%, like what, what would the goal be? 25%. Any, any number seems low when you, a, when you compare it to the presidential election, 86%, but B like, even if it was 50%, like 50% of the city is going to decide who, out of 10 candidates are, are going to be the finalists, the two finalists for mayor. That just, that's just really, really low. Uh, I'm talking with Greg on, on text right now about it, it. I think Greg is, if Greg, I don't know if Greg listened to the debate last night with the first five candidates and I'm not going to have them in front of me right now, but Catherine was one of those. Mitch was one of those. Chris Stolpa. Let me see if I can remember. Uh, Greg Solarius and one other person that I'm... Oh, Jessica Olson. Those were the candidates last night. And in the lacrosse center was one of the questions. And, and Greg's talking about... He called it a boondoggle. Uh, he called it a $50 million boondoggle. He said, uh, just keep forcing taxpayers to fund a $50 million boondoggle instead of paving the roads. Um, I, I feel like we could do both. Uh, the uh, The... The boondoggle money could go to paving more roads, but then we would have to. I feel like when Cabot has talked about paving the roads, fixing the roads, it's easier to say fixing, right? Uh, when Cabot has talked about that, it sounds like the the city has maximized their effort to pave the roads, but I could be wrong. And let's see, where where are we with? We can we definitely can ask Cabot that on Monday because he should be in here. It'll be 
you know, one of the last times he's in here, but uh, I always bring him in the, the Monday before the Thursday city council meeting. So we can, we can ask him about, you know, has the city maximized? How would the city more maximize fixing the roads? And that was the, the funniest thing to, uh, it, it, it is a kind of a weird, like, that's what we, that's what we want our mayor to do. That is the number one issue. Fixing the roads. It seems such a, um, I understand we, we all, uh, we all drive, but man, just, it's, it's just seems like there, there are so many more important things. Uh, but we can also fix the roads. Uh, Eric from Sparta is calling in. Eric, go ahead. You're on the air. Yes. They, uh, I wanted to vote for the mayor of La Crosse, although I live in Sparta. Well, they have mail-in ballots for that. Cause I presume we have to go down there and, uh, ask your, uh, city clerk up. I live on, uh, Third Street. Can I have a mail? Oh, sure. Here you go, buddy. Without signing my name to it. Is that possible? Okay, um, Eric, you live in Sparta, so <laughs> I don't think you can go down there and go, hey, buddy, give me a mail-in ballot. You can apply. You can send in, request a mail-in ballot that's all on the city's website. I wrote a story about it today. We had Nikki Elson on yesterday. Mail-in absentee in-person uh, voting started today. Uh, I believe from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. you can go to City Hall. You can do that tomorrow, Thursday, or Friday. Not on Wednesday because the City Hall is 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 kind of sharing space and they don't want too many people in there. On uh, Wednesday, is, something else is going on. I forget what she said. She was on yesterday. You can go to the podcast and, and listen if you want. But, uh, yeah, you do. You got to jump through a couple of hoops to get an absentee ballot. You got. I think you got to have a witness sign it. And um, you can't live in Sparta. I know that much. So I don't uh, I don't vote in lacrosse either. So I'm not requesting an absentee ballot. But you know, just talking from Nikki yesterday, she kind of broke all that stuff down. And um, yeah, there's that. <laughs> so just that's, <laughs> Eric from Sparta is always worried about uh, stuff happening in lacrosse, which is fine if he, if he's gonna if he's gonna be worried about fixing the roads, but. He doesn't get to vote for for mayor, but maybe the uh, when we talk about uh, outside communities really affecting things that happen in lacrosse. I mean, hey, maybe maybe a, the the mayor vote should should be broadened to outside communities. We talk about you know some of the issues that that deal with lacrosse in in terms of uh, regional fire, right? That's one of the that's one of the things like the lacrosse fire department should have a better relationship or maybe a, a leading relationship with the surrounding communities, even the Crescent, uh, Holman, Onalaska, Shelby, Campbell. Now, the, maybe the La Crosse Fire Department should be the central hub, and all the directions should go from there out. Uh, and then uh, what, what else was there? The, the, the airport, right? La Crosse is on, the city of La Crosse is on the hook for the airport, however you want to describe that, taxes or fees, I don't know. Um, but... The, you know, like the whole region uses the airport, right? So should the surrounding communities, not just the city of La Crosse, be, you know, have to pitch in for that airport? And we, the La Crosse Center has been discussed. I, I think I had uh, the the idea that uh, only the city of La Crosse benefits from the boondoggle that Greg called <laughs> the $42 million boondoggle. Well, definitely the surrounding communities benefit from the La Crosse Center when you know, that Moses Organic Farming Conference, for one thing, is, is like a giant three-day, four-day, two-day conference. I can't I can't remember. It was virtual last time, too. 
uh, when when the lacrosse center brings people to town, those people aren't just spending money in this downtown lacrosse. I mean, they're they're staying at hotels probably in on Alaska and in the surrounding communities. So uh, we got a caller. Caller, who's this? This is Jim. Hey Jim, go ahead. You're on the air. All right. Uh, I just heard Eric from Sparta, and uh, I may be wrong, but I I'm trying to think of how what the point he was trying to get across, and that might be voter fraud. Okay. Possibility. Um, I have talked. I have personally talked with Bill Fian about voting in the in the lacrosse area, and the topic came up about ballot harvesting. Have you ever talked to him about that? Not. No. So maybe some topic you might want to bring up, because there's a lot of us out here that are concerned about the integrity of the vote anymore. Okay. Why is that? Why is that? <laughs> Do we need to go down that road? You brought it up. We got a, we got an illegitimate person in the White House right now. Okay, how do you, well, how do you figure? Lo- how do I figure? There's lots of information, lots of proof, but nobody wants to. Just because nobody's willing to look at it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And I can tell you right now, Mike Lindell, you know the my pillow guy, he's made a documentary of all the facts. Okay, and it's there. And he can bring it before a court of law if the judge will be brave enough. But people are being threatened out there for bringing the truth to light. So will you and buy? That's where we're at will in our you, country. Will you get a my pillow? So when you when you want to watch that documentary uh, and fall asleep to it, uh, I don't know. Mike Lindell's made a documentary, the My Pillow Guy. So uh, voter fraud. There we go. Uh, Caller, who's this? People are being threatened. Hey, Rick. Hey, how's it going? Hey, who's this? So I. This is Andy. Hey, man. Go ahead. You're on the air. Okay. So uh, I had one thing to say about, like, the the outside influences kind of getting to get into our politics uh, around the town. So, like, I know, like, say, like, the town of Shell. Well, let me start this way. The town of Lacrosse, I know, has extremely high property taxes uh, compared to the surrounding communities and that oftentimes people build their nicer homes and live in these surrounding communities to avoid kind of paying certain taxes and, and still benefiting in other ways, I do kind of feel like, well, it's, you know, if you're not paying the taxes and you're technically in a different community, you really shouldn't have a, a vote within this community. You should be able to vote within your community. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm a pretty good example. I live in Minnesota and I work here. So should I get a vote? Uh, I think you should get a vote for... Um, and you know the Crescent Mayor and how how things are there because that's you know where where you live, where you work. Oh, that's a, I guess that's a, a different different thing, right? I guess we don't really. I don't know. You pay Wisconsin taxes through your work, so I guess that is uh, some taxation without representation, isn't it? Gotcha, Andy. Didn't I? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just messing with you. Um, yeah, I, I totally. <laughs> you got me. I totally understand where you're coming from. I uh, and, and just I just thought of that as you were talking. But yeah, definitely. That I mean, that's why I live where I, in Minnesota. I don't live in La Crescent, but that's why I live in Minnesota because the the property. Like when I was looking at houses, you just look at the the realtor site, right? And you go, oh, property taxes. The the house I remember looking at, it was cool. It was right on right right next to Bliss Road. Going up the bluff, I think it was a hundred fifty thousand dollar house, but taxes were like six, seven thousand dollars. Property tax. I was like, wow, I'm just going to throw seven grand a year into something that I'm really not, you know, a single dude, that, that, you know, no wife, no kids. Uh, it just seemed kind of uh, funny, so I've, I looked elsewhere. But I hear you, man. 
there is a reason. There is a reason why those uh, Castry castles seem to uh, come up for sale every few years, isn't there? I looked at one of those one but, year. Uh, the, the it was a greenhouse, and it had like an indoor giant pool in the backyard. I mean, it's right in town. I was like, God, and it was. It was kind of in a good price range, but it had an asbestos problem in the basement. So I didn't. I, I my parents were like, "Get, don't even think about it." <laughs> all right, but hey, you know what? The nice thing about the, all these property taxes, you know, our education, our public education is based on our property taxes. And I will say, uh, from from knowing some people in different places in the country who have come here for uh, higher education, or, or just knowing other people, uh, they, they, uh, we we are very. We are very uh, blessed to have such a good education system around here. I would say your property taxes probably help. Well, maybe not yours, but property taxes probably help not losing uh, half of downtown or half of Pearl Street last night, too, with the fire department. Uh, just the, the entire fire department being downtown to save uh, Casino Bennett O'Reilly's uh, Brothers Bar area there. Well, I mean, half of downtown is basically empty anyways. It seems like there's a lot of empty and uh, storage spaces, from what I understand. I mean, these are probably all future fire hazard just waiting to happen yeah all right thanks for the call andy i gotta take a break all right sounds good have a good one bye all right we got to take one more quick break we'll be back all right welcome back to lacrosse talk pm a couple minutes left here before we get that second debate underway right after the show so stay just whatever you're doing unless you're watching on facebook you, you you won't be able to just continue on. But number three is calling in. Let's get him in here. Number three, you're on the air. Hey, number three, before you uh, – uh, somebody brought this up yesterday. Why, why are we calling you number three? I never ask you that. Well, Main Street used to call in. He was known as Main Street. And then Trempolo Tom was known as Trempolo Tom. And then you started having to give your name well, you're calling in, and I go by so many names, I didn't know which one to give you. Yeah, and a lot of so, those, a lot of those names are four-letter words, right? So we can't even say those. Just pick a number <laughs> between one and three. So I picked three. All right. Well, okay. Well, good enough. That's a terrible, terrible story. I'm, I'm, ter- I'm sad. I asked. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, what, right, what did anyway, you actually want to talk about? If yep. High taxes in lacrosse bother you, Rick. Yeah. Marry a rich woman, then you won't have no problem. But. But she's gonna. But even if I marry a rich woman, I could still live somewhere where the taxes aren't high. Well, yeah, you could. But I mean, if you like lacrosse that much, you know, your taxes are going to be six thousand. Why, you just got to bite the bullet. Yeah. And then wait until you retire, then try to pay six thousand dollars a year tax. Yeah, I mean, it. W- looking back, that house right off of Bliss Road, it was. I think it was the first house. It was kind of a goofy driveway, but. Looking back, yeah. it was like, God, it would have been kind of cool to live right there because Alpine Inn is right up there. That's where I play volleyball a lot and the hiking trails to Hickson. It would have been kind of a cool place to live, but I don't know, seven grand a year to, to live there would have, seems a little... That's a lot of money. That's, I've talked to people that sell their houses after they retire because they can't afford their taxes. Anyway, you know you're talking about lower how low the voting turnout is in lacrosse. Yeah, you got about 15 seconds. Well, I think people are so busy nowadays, they don't give a damn who the mayor is or who's on the council. They got more things to worry about. Actually, you got a minute. Keep going. Okay. Every time I talk about somebody buying up city property and taking it off the tax rolls, people think that guy's crazy. But every time that happens, we're losing tax revenue. Mm-hmm. But the average person, like I say, has got too much to worry about nowadays. And to worry about some crazy number three 
talking about the fire department buying six pieces of property or uh, $15 million for an outdoor market. Yeah, I hear you. All right, well, thanks. You follow me? Oh, definitely. I mean, it sounds like you should probably, in your retirement, just get involved in the city government a little bit more than just complaining. Like they say, who wants to listen to an old white guy? (laughs) Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, that's me, too, kind of. I'm getting there. Okay, enjoy your driveway after it snows. Yeah, I got Get that bearing fixed yet? No, I talked to Dad about that today. Is he going to send you one? You know who might be able to fix it is Mitch Reynolds. <laughs> I have to ask well, him. Oh, yeah, he could fix it. He definitely could. Give um, him a roll of duct tape and a wire cutter. He'll fix anything. Yeah, all right. Thanks for the call. Thanks. See ya. Bye. Bye. All right, that's going to do it.